Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Are, are you in a good mood today? Man, look at your neighbor next to you and say, what's up? Okay. We're going to have some fun today. Y'all ready? We, we are going into week two of this series called Clickbait. And uh, the topic we're going to talk about today, it applies to all of us. So here's, I don't want to see any of this. Okay. I don't want to see anybody like looking at like, you need to pay attention. Okay. Because this is for all of us. Look at your neighbor and say, that means me. Every single one of us in this room, this applies to us. We're going to have a great time going into the Word of God and studying together, looking to see how we can be better, how we can grow in our relationship with Jesus. So before we jump off into that, I do want to take a couple of moments. And first of all, I want to welcome you. If you are here today for the first time, if you're a guest, welcome. My name is Jay. My wife, Stacy, and I are the lead pastors here at Journey. And it's a privilege to have you with us today. And I do want to welcome everybody joining us online right now. And uh, church family, can we give all the ones joining us online a great big hand clap somewhere? Come on, give them a welcome this morning. Good to have you with us today. Now, I do want to tell you a couple of things. I was out in the foyer. It's Life Group Sunday. That's what's up with all the shirts. And uh, man, they got all kinds of life groups out. They got life groups for singles. I saw one for men. And the, you got to watch it though. The different tables—they got all kinds of stuff. They're trying to reel you in. They got donuts and cupcakes and all kinds of. I'm walking around. Yeah, I might join your life group. You know, just having a good time. But we're we're gonna dismiss a little bit early here in a little bit. And I'm going to let you go out and find a group where you want to get connected and plugged in. Because that's what church is all about. It's about being the, the, the family of God. But it's also about connecting with one another. Developing those relationships that God has for us. So we're going to do that. And then also a couple of things. I want to invite you for next Sunday. Uh, school started this past week. Do we have any excited parents in the house? I... I I know if y'all are anything like we were when the kids were little, we were counting the days down like, Jesus, please let us make it, okay? And uh, it, it's good when the kids go back to school, and they're excited about going back to school for like three days, and then they're like, well, wait a minute, it's school, okay? So uh, what we're going to do is next Sunday, we're going to have what we call Student Sunday. We're going to be praying of just a prayer of blessing over all the kiddos as they go back to school, uh, over all the faculty, the administration, different ones. So uh, next week, we're going to pray over that, have the kiddos here. I know Pastor Kelly in Kids Church is going to do some cool stuff with the kids next Sunday, but we're dubbing it Student Sunday, and we're just going to pray a prayer blessing over the kiddos as they go back to school. Now, here's the next thing I need to tell you about. Uh, last Sunday, if you were here, we talked about uh, the Watson campus, and I do want to kind of lay a couple rumors to rest. It's like since we announced that we're doing a, a, a campus in Watson, there's been all kinds of rumors. The first rumor was, what, what, did you hear Pastor Jay? He's leaving. He's going to Watson. And it's like, it's five miles away, okay? So that, that's not happening, okay? We're, we're literally at both locations. Uh, the next thing is this, that as we talk about the Watson campus, uh, we, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to launch that campus in March of 2020, or we're saying spring of 2020, but a lot of great things going on. Another rumor that was out there was this. If you live in Watson, you can't come to this campus anymore, okay? <laughs> it's not true. We're not going to have the greeters at the door check an ID when you come in like, no, you're across the river, you have to leave, okay? <laughs> We're not doing all that. Uh, you, you can pick whichever one you want to come to, all right? I realize that there are some families who live in Denham, live in Watson, who will say we want to make that our campus, but here's what we're doing. There's a table out in the foyer 
Uh, it's going to be up for the next several months. And you have an opportunity, you can go by there. If you want to be a part of the launch team for the Watson campus, we're actually building that team. Uh, you can sign up to be a part of that. We have an interest meeting coming up. I believe it's on September the 8th. And uh, we're going to talk about the vision and what's going to be happening over at, there at the Watson campus. So if you want to be a part of that, visit that table, sign up. And uh, also on that table, you will see these. Last Sunday, everybody got one of these. And my wife kind of fussed at me. She said, you know, I didn't feel like you really did a very good job explaining that. And I'm like, well, thank you so much. Uh, but what this is all about is we're asking for the families. We, we don't ask that often uh, for you guys to, to give over and above the tithe. But when we do, I just got to say, I, I've never been a part of a church that is more generous. You guys are absolutely amazing. And so we, we're calling this one for Watson because it's $1 a day for a year, $365 a person. And so what that means is like in our household, for me and Stacy, uh, we actually, we will both give towards that. It'll be $730 and uh, it's, it's a dollar a day. And so we're asking you and your family to get involved all the information is contained in there. Got a picture of the new church, uh, the giving breakdown. It's got a, a, a scan code on the back if you want to do that online. And, and here's what's cool. You can give weekly, monthly, or a one-time gift. And what we're asking from you is that you will take this little card here, tear it off, fill it out, and drop it at the Welcome Center or in, in an offering bucket so we can kind of know what we're looking at as we move forward with this. Now, let me just tell you what, full steam ahead. The demo's all done over there. Uh, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe that they pulled permits this week, uh, this past week, so we're actually uh, on track to go ahead and move forward and begin the construction next door. Uh, next door. Uh, maybe that's the Lord, build something next door. No, I'm saying, uh, uh, at that campus, and so uh, we're moving full steam ahead, and we are excited about what 2020, what I'm calling 2020 vision, is going to look like for Journey Church. And so uh, look at your neighbor and say, this is awesome. I'm so excited because I just want to reach people for Jesus. All right, here we go, clickbait. We're in this series. We started last week, and what clickbait is all about, if you do not know, if you've ever been online and you see something that's like, hey, if you want to make a million dollars in 10 minutes for doing nothing, click here. Hey, if you want to lose 20 pounds uh, by eating all the ice cream and jelly beans you want just for doing nothing, click here. And you click on it, and it's something that you did not think that it was. They bait you into clicking on it. Well, the devil does the same thing to us. He baits us, says, hey, listen, it's okay to hold on to this unforgiveness, it's actually kind of cool for you, and it winds up wrecking your life, wrecking relationships, and all this type of stuff. Last week we talked about, we jumped into the series, we talked about fear, and how to deal with fear, and the enemy says fear's not a big deal, it's a part of life, everybody has it, but then it's so easy as you click into that, as you embrace that, that it begins to dominate your life, and so we dealt with that last week, and today we're going to deal with, with a topic that actually all of us, I don't care who you are, it's something that all of us deal with. And here it is. Here's where we go. How many of you in this room, and let's be honest, we're in church, okay, have ever got angry before? Raise your hand. Okay. Yep. That's what I thought. How many of you in here, uh, your wives, your husband's ever gotten angry? Raise your hand. Okay. How many husbands in here, your wife's ever gotten angry? Less hands. Some of you are scared, okay? You're like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to make her angry, Pastor Jay, you know? Uh, how many of you in here just, no matter what I ask, you're not going to raise your hand? Okay, a couple of you. All right. So I, I got you. Okay. Now, here's what happens to me because, honestly, I'm just going to be real today, and, and you, you, it, it's, it is what it is. 
Where I get the angriest in my life is in traffic. I do. It's, I'm driving along, and I'm not kidding you. When I get up behind the wheel of my pickup truck, the stupid people come out, okay? <laughs> Seriously, and I'm not trying to be mean. It's just like everybody around me, when they get around me, their IQ level drops, and they're just like, oh, I'm going to do whatever I can to make you mad, okay? And, and I really, it's one of those things that the Lord deals with me about because it's amazing to me that when you're driving along, and the people in front of you will not drive fast enough. You know, post the speed limit's 45, they kill themselves to get out in front of you, and then they drive like 20, and it's like, really? You know? Or whenever you're sitting there and nobody will let you out in traffic, it's like, do you people not know Jesus? You know, they will not let you out. <laughs> or in that moment whenever Jesus moves on your heart and you let somebody out and they don't give you the courtesy wave. You ever got that? You better get, I'm just saying, if you are a believer, give the courtesy wave, okay? Be like, you know, hey, okay? And uh, make sure you got all your fingers up, okay, whenever you do that. <laughs> but seriously, you, you got to, anger is one of those things that comes along. And, and here's how it creeps in on you, okay? Like we were, years ago when the boys were little, this was kind of our thing that we did on the way to church. And every time we would get in the vehicle, we would just kind of pray as a family. I had them all together in the car. They couldn't get away. And so we would pray together. And I would always ask them, say, who wants to go first? And the boys knew that they would go through the order and the mama would go. And I would always pray last. They'd say, Daddy, you pray forever, so you go last. And uh, we were on our way to church. This is before we had launched this here at Journey Church. We were on our way to church, and I'm just, I'm praying, Lord, we love, you're so good, we honor you, we love you, you know, uh, you're amazing, just, you know, praise your name. And somebody did something in traffic, cut me off or whatever, and like right in the middle of the prayer, I'm like, Lord, are you serious? <laughs> and then just went by, right back to praying, God, you're so good, amazing, Lord. <laughs> and my, my wife, she was, she, she's like, are you serious? I, you really just did that in the prayer? And I'm like, God's good all the time, you know. But <laughs> you got to watch it because anger can get a hold of our life. And here's where I'm going to take you today. Where are you anger? Where does anger come against you? Is it in your marriage? Is it in your, are, are you maybe angry at yourself? Uh, maybe your job situation? What is dwelling inside of you? And so today what we're going to talk about is what's stirring inside of us and what can we do about it? Because here's what I'm going to let you understand and know. As believers, the Holy Spirit needs to be directing our lives, not the things of the flesh, okay? Not our sin nature, not anger, not our emotions. The Holy Spirit needs to lead our life, not those things. And, and it was a very real issue because even Paul, when we go back into early church, we see Paul even address this. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27 is a particular passage of Scripture that most people, they know. Most of us in this room can probably quote a portion of this Scripture by memory, but I'm going to read it all to you because this is what Paul says. He starts it off and he says this, In your anger do not what? Sin. So what that leads us to believe is that there's a possibility that you can be angry and not sin, okay? What that's telling us is that anger is an emotion. In your anger, do not sin. This is the part that most people know. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Most people know that is don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Then he goes on, he says, do not give the devil a foothold. And here's what I want to help you understand. Paul is telling us very plainly in this portion of Scripture 
that anger is an emotion and all of us have emotions, right? He's saying, do not let the emotion of anger control and direct your life. As a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit needs to direct and control our life. In other words, we need to be a reflection of the character and the nature of Jesus Christ to this world. If we are letting our anger direct us and lead us, that is what we are projecting. That's why things, people say things about other people like, hey, that person, they're a really angry person. Because that means that that emotion is directing them instead of the Spirit of God directing them. And so when you get into this particular passage of Scripture and you see that one of the words here that he uses is the word foothold. Don't give the devil a foothold. In the original Greek language, that word foothold is topos, tapas, something of that nature. And here's what it actually means. It means room. Don't give the devil room in your life. Don't give him an inch because he'll take a foot. Don't give him leeway in your life through anger because he will make your life miserable. And so Paul's helping us to understand that, hey, guys, the more room you give the devil, the bigger he's going to make something in your life. You ever had that happen before? Something started off small and they got big really quick. We call that turning a, 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 like an anthill into a mountain, okay? Uh, and it's one of those things that's real. I know Stacy and I, when we first got married, we would argue over some dumb stuff, y'all. Y'all have heard us talk about different marriage things, that series that we've done about the top arguments that we had were, were over toothpaste and toilet paper, Okay. And it's like, you know, the toilet paper, not over the front. She would like put it over the back and, I, you know, no, it's over the front. Normal people like it over the front, okay, you know. Or, or toothpaste, you know, I would get up in the morning and the toothpaste is like she ran over it with the car. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a roller. I like it nice and neat from the bottom up. And it's so funny because how many of you in here agree that toothpaste is a big deal? Well, I wasn't going to raise my hand because it's really not. And it's funny because... You look at something like that and you say, okay, it's really not a big deal, but it's amazing how quickly it can become a big deal. And that's probably what y'all are raising your hands on because things get escalated quickly. And when we see this in Scripture, Paul saying, hey, you got to watch it because the enemy takes something that's not really a big deal and he turns it into a big deal real fast. So in our lives, don't allow the enemy to have that foothold, that topos. Don't allow him to have that room within your life because he's going to take advantage of you. And you say, well, Pastor Jay, how do you really know that things can, can escalate quickly? How do you know that, does the Bible even really, you know, does it push in that direction? Absolutely. Y'all remember a place called the Garden of Eden? You remember when Adam and Eve got kicked out and then later their two sons got into an argument because one of them's offering was accepted of God and one of their offerings was, and what happened? The one brother actually steps up and he murdered the other brother. Something that really could have been corrected rather easily but he let anger get a hold of him and God addressed this in Genesis chapter 4 this is what the Lord said in verse 6 the Lord said to Cain why are you so what angry, angry. you got to watch anger to get a hold of you why is your face downcast if you do what is right will you not be accepted but if you do not do what is right sin is crouching at your door it desires to have you, but you must, listen to this, rule over it. In other words, don't let that emotion, that, that anger, get a hold of you and direct your life. Let the Spirit of God within you have control of your life and direct your life. Don't let anger, don't let an emotion 
ruin you. Now, that word crouching, I want you to get something here. In the original Hebrew language, that word crouching is raw that's. And here's what it means. It literally means like, like sin is anxiously awaiting. It's like lurking, crouching. They're waiting to jump on you and take advantage of you and mess you up. And here's what you need to understand. That's what anger looks like within your life. The enemy is waiting, crouching, anxiously looking for that foothold within your life to wreck your marriage, to wreck your family, to wreck your career, to wreck your reputation. And we do not want that to happen. So anger is a big deal. Anger is a big issue. And we need to understand that something that's small can turn big rather quickly. Now, I know what everybody's going to say. Okay, you, you, you had to go there, Pastor Jay. You went to the Cain and Abel thing. I would never murder anybody, okay? I would never do that, but here's what I want you to, to think about. And, and be, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this, okay? Have you ever had the thought, have you ever said this before? Well, that, you know, person, whatever, I hate them. Or have you ever used that word hate? You ever had hate maybe in your heart towards somebody? And what the Bible tells us is that it is easy, if we're not careful, we can, we can actually harbor murder within our heart. And you say, well, you mean to, to literally hurt somebody? Well, think of it like this. Have you ever hurt somebody with your words? Have you ever maybe said something to your spouse or said something to a friend, said something to one of your kids? And that anger that has built up within your heart, it, it, it came out in a way that it cut that other person deeply. Well, that's the same exact thing. And so that's why it's important for us to get a hold of anger and not let it direct our life. We let the Holy Spirit direct our life. So here's what we're going to do. I want to take you in, in the direction of understanding what anger looks like within our lives. But then I want to take you in the direction of how we can actually deal with the anger. And one of the things that I've discovered is that throughout all the years that I've been pastoring, spending time with people, counseling people, that whenever people are dealing with anger, typically they fall in one of two categories. And I actually categorize these things, and I call them this. The first category that a lot of times people, when they're dealing with anger, they can fall into, you've got ones that I call spewers, okay? These are the people who actually express their anger. They let it out. I'm just going to tell you, if you are a spewer, it's no surprise everybody around you already probably knows that, okay? Because you let your anger out and it comes out in the form of you're going to scream, you're going to yell, you're going to cuss, you're going to, you know, you're going to act, you know, just wild. And somebody cuts you off in traffic and you just go ballistic. And you say, well, Pastor Jay, what does the Bible say about that? Well, one of the verses that I love is Proverbs 29, 11. And it says it like this. It says, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Now, you, here's what I want to tell you. If you're saying, Pastor Jay, are you calling me a fool? Not, I just read the Bible to you, okay? But we come up with things whenever people act that way. We say, you know what? They're acting a fool. Don't let your anger make a fool of you, okay? And so here's one of the things that, and, and I, I just have the, you know, the, I honestly wonder if this is a spiritual gift or not. But whenever I'm in traffic and somebody, it really gets me whenever somebody flips me off in traffic, okay? If I'm driving along and, you know, maybe accidentally cut somebody off and, I, and, and I'm, I'm doing actually much, much better in the area of, you know, losing my cool in traffic, I have a good wife that helps me in that area. 
But if I cut somebody off in traffic or something happens and they flip me off, I'm just going to tell you, that aggravates me. And I consider it a spiritual gift from the Lord that when they do that, I try to take it up to another level. And I really try to aggravate them even further, okay? <laughs> I feel like the Lord's using me in that moment. Uh, and here's, here's how it works, okay? So I'm in traffic. Somebody flips me off. And they're, just, they're like, and this is what I'll do. I'll be like, hey, how you doing? It's good to see you. Then they usually go for the double barrel, and you're like, hey, me too. I have two hands too, okay? So here's what happened some years ago. I was on Sherwood Forest, and there was a person in a little gold Civic. And if you're here today, Lord bless you. Uh, <laughs> I was driving along, and, and I slipped into traffic, and I cut this person off, and they got so mad. No wreath, just got mad. I mean, ballistic, hollering, screaming, veins popping out, and guess what? They waved at me with the universal sign of unhappiness, okay? And so I saw that, and I'm like, really? And so I'm behind them, and we're driving, and they're looking at me in the rearview mirror, and I'm looking at them in their rearview mirror, and uh, we're driving along, and lo and behold, there was one of the streets that we turned off of Sherwood, and they turned, and that happened to be the street that I had to turn on as well. And so when they turned and I turned behind them, all of a sudden I see, like, anger. It kind of turns into, like, is this guy a psycho, you know? <laughs> and so I followed them, and I'm just, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I was actually going to the hospital to make a hospital visit, but I decided to see where, where this might go. And so <laughs> they took another turn, and, and I took that turn as well. And I'm seeing in the river, all of a sudden they're like, you know, they're like, whoa, what, what's, okay, psycho behind me, where, what are we going to do? And so we're driving along, and they turned into this nursing home. And so I'm like, you know what? I've already committed this far. My... <laughs> turned in the nursing home parking lot, and when they parked and I drove by, I could see it in the rearview mirror in their eyes. They're like, okay, this, this is, it's go time. And I just drove by, and I just waved. Well, hey, how you doing? And I went on my way, okay? I don't know what that did in that moment, but I like to think that it maybe it taught them, don't flip people off in traffic, okay? <laughs> so here's the thing. Spewers, they express their anger. Don't, I don't recommend that you guys do that, okay? <laughs> uh, but, you know, spewers, they express their anger. And, and think of it like this. How many times in a moment, in a split second, has a life been changed because of anger? How many times in a split second, somebody, they get angry, they're one who is going to spew their anger, they say something, they do something, and a marriage is affected. Or maybe the things that we see on the news, we read in the newspaper, we see on the internet, because of it, that people are in prison because in a moment they lost their anger and a life was ended. Now you might say, okay, well, Pastor, I, I would never do anything like that. But remember, once again, this in our mouth, our tongue gets away from us rather quickly. And it's so easy for us to, to damage somebody in their heart, within their spirit. It's so easy for us to damage a marriage because we let our tongue get away from us. And so here's the thing. You need to understand that if you're a spewer, a lot of times what happens, you leave a trail of destruction behind you. And God wants to correct that within your life. So anger, people, they spew. Here's another thing that people do. Uh, they have the ones that I've categorized as the stewards. You got spewers and you got stewers. And here's what a steward does. They suppress their anger. They hold on to their anger. These are the ones they put, hold everything in. They have a smile on their face and they say that everything is okay. Okay? 
And here's the thing, we're probably all champions in this area because a lot of times, you know, we put on that mask, we put on our happy face and we say that everything is okay. Well, Pastor Jay, does the Bible address that? Well, Psalms 32, 3, it says this, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Here's what I'm going to tell you anger will do whenever you suppress it and hold on to it. It'll eat away at you. You got your happy face on, you're smiling, saying everything's fine. But it's slowly eating away at you on the inside. It's hurting you. It's wounding you. And it is affecting the people around you. Here's the reason why I think it's affecting the people around you. Because when you are a steward, what happens is that anger causes you to build up walls between you and the people around you. Your spouse, your kids, you don't let anybody in, you don't trust anybody, and, and it's slowly, you're building up these walls to where you become more and more introverted. Now, uh, there's a steward that we see in Scripture, and it, it's not pointed out in Scripture, this is strictly my opinion. Most people know the story of the prodigal son, and know that this young man went to his father said, Dad, give me my money. We've already preached on this twice this year a, a, in this particular story. And there's a character in the story that a lot of times is overlooked. And you think of the son, you think of the dad, but the brother. The brother, whenever his, his, his brother came home and the dad threw the party for him, the brother actually is outside and he's stewing in his anger. And this is what scripture says. You get into this story, Luke chapter 15, verse 20, it says, The older brother became, what's the word? Angry. Angry. And he refused to go in. And he's, here's, what he's, here's what his mindset He's thinking, hey, I've been responsible. Dad, where's my party? Been doing all this stuff, helping around. I never went off like my little brother and, and wasted money and ruined my reputation. Dad, I've been here the whole time. And you, you throw a party for him, I don't know. He's angry. And I like to think that probably some of this had been, maybe been stewing on the inside of him. And it came out, boom, in that moment. How many times do we hold on to things and it winds up affecting the relationships that we have. How many times do we hold on to things and we say, you know what, I, I, it, it's okay, I'm gonna, I can deal with this on my own. I'm not hurting anybody, it's not a big deal. But yet those walls are steadily be built, being built within our life brick by brick. And it's coming in between you and the ones that God placed in your life for you to love the most. So spewers and stewers, two different types of anger... And here's where it comes down to, okay, what are we going to do with this anger? We look at where, you know, Paul writes. We look in the book of Genesis. We see all these instances of anger. It's an emotion. We don't want it to control us. We want the Holy Spirit to control us. So how do we deal with this anger? What do we do with it? How, how do we overcome this within our life? And, and here's what we're going to do. You got to understand that you have our response to anger. We're either a steward or we're a spewer. But there's two types of anger, and that's what determines what you actually do with your anger. You say, well, what do you mean two types of anger, Pastor Jay? Well, the first type of anger that you see here in Scripture is sinful anger. And sinful anger is what is destructive anger. And you have a choice in the matter. When it comes to sinful anger, you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to feed that anger... And the more you think about it and the more you, you, know, you, you, you relish that, the more you hold on to it, the bigger it gets within your life. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. That's whenever you're allowing the enemy to have a foothold. But the second thing that you have a choice to do is you can either feed it or, here it is, you can drop it. You can drop that anger. Pastor Jay, mm, 
How can you even say that? Well, it's not me saying it. Proverbs 17, 14. It says, starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Now, Proverbs is known as the book of what? Wisdom. How many of you in here, you don't have to raise your hand, how many of you in here want God's wisdom in your life? This is speaking wisdom directly to us. It's saying, hey, if you start a fight, if you let anger take a foothold, it's like breaching a dam. How do you breach a dam? Little by little. Starts off with a trickle, and the next thing you know, it's a torrent, a rushing torrent. And how many times does that happen within our life? Something starts off little, and the next thing you know, it's huge, because instead of dropping it, we fed it. Instead of dropping it, we dwelt on it. Instead of dropping it, we talked about it and turned it into a big argument. And the next thing you know, it's World War III with whatever situation you are facing. Well, Pastor Jay, I I just don't think I can drop my anger. I don't think I can drop whatever it is that, that I'm facing. I can prove to you that you can drop the anger that you have. You know how I can prove it to you? How many of you in here, and I asked you this earlier, and raise your hand again on this. How many of you in here have ever gotten in a fight with your spouse? Okay, you, no, straight up. You can call it a fight, argument, disagreement, whatever, okay? <laughs> Let's just call it a fight. How many of you in here have ever gotten in a fight with your spouse? Raise your hand, okay? All right. Now, because I know this has happened to me and Stacey before. How many of you, and be, be honest, have ever gotten into a disagreement with your spouse And right in the middle of that disagreement, somebody rings the doorbell or the phone rings. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's happened. How do you respond in that moment? Because that proves to me that you can drop it. Because here's what it looks like. And the phone rings. Hello? Oh, what's up, girl? You know? That proves that you can what? Drop it. Look at your neighbor and say, drop it. Drop it like it's hot. I don't even know what that means, okay? I, is that bad? Oh, my wife's not here. Whoa. I, normally I look at her and I'm like, should I say that? You know, is that is it good or bad? I don't know. Anyway. I don't even know where to go from here. Where, where what was I talking about? Okay. So think about that. But phone rings and you're able to to drop that you're able to to, to say you know what I can put my anger on hold for a minute and I can talk to my friend and we can get things worked out and this is usually what happens to you all right yeah you have a good day too Uh uh-huh yeah that's real life and what it proves is this anger is a choice we can drop it we just have to choose to drop it Sinful anger is something that will dominate your life until you recognize it for what it is. It is a tool of the enemy that he will use to wreck our lives. He will use it to destroy our marriages. He will use it to ruin our reputation. And people say things like, that's why I said earlier, oh, that person, he's an angry person or she's an angry person. And we don't want that to happen within our lives. So the next thing that you're confronted with, the time you're confronted with anger, the next time you see it come up, remember that, drop it, okay? Just drop it. 
choose to drop it. I'm going to tell you a great way uh, that will help you in this. And, and that's one of the things I love about life groups is that you can develop the relationships with people around you. And if you'll be real, if you'll take off the mask and be real and really develop those relationships, you can begin to develop relationships with people around you that will be honest with you. And you can be honest with them and you can talk with them through and they will talk with you through the things that you're facing. Stacy and I have been a part of about four different life groups uh, since about 2014. Love every one of them. Love the relationships that we have been able to, to form. And uh, some of my, my life group peeps right here uh, on the front row. And uh, we have, gre have great relationships together. And I love this because the heart in life groups is that we grow together. We grow in the things of God. And so that's one of the reasons why every year we said, you know, let's do a life group Sunday where we give people an opportunity to go connect with the life group host and they can begin to develop that relationship and to help deal with the things that all of us, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're a welder, a school teacher, a pastor, there's things within our life that God wants to change to make us better, okay? Don't ever get to the place where you think you have arrived because you have not. I, as a pastor, somebody who's been walking with the Lord for 29 years, there's still things that God wants to change in my life to help make me better and mature me and grow me until the day that I step off the face of this earth and go into the presence of God. So sinful anger, deal with it. Make the choice to do what? Drop it. Okay. Here's the next thing. The next category of anger is sanctified anger. Somebody says, well, what is sanctified anger? This is what angers the heart of God. You look in Scripture and you see places where God is angry. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. God's not supposed to be angry. There's things in Scripture we see that do anger the heart of God. And those things need to anger our heart as well. And you say, well, what do those things look like in Scripture? Things like poverty, abuse, sickness, disease, sin, all of these things anger the heart of God. And Jesus, whenever you look in Scripture, you see that he had sanctified anger. I can prove this to you. Mark chapter 3, verses 5 through 6, there was an instance where Jesus' sanctified anger was there within his life. This is what it says, verse 5. It says, he looked around at them in, what's the word? Anger. anger. He's looking at his guys, the disciples. And he was deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. He said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and the hand was completely restored. And here's what's really cool about this instance. Jesus used the sanctified anger that he had to do something beautiful. It operated in his life where this guy was healed. And so here's what I want to tell you. There are so many things that we see in this world that stir us up. We see poverty. We see things that, where it's injustice. We see things in this world where people are hurting. And as the body of Christ, that should stir up passion inside, should stir up sanctified anger within us. As the body of Christ, as ones who represent the character, the nature, the love of Jesus, we should want to step into that situation and help make a difference in that situation. It looks different for all of us because there's different areas that we're passionate for some of you in this room, you see things missions related, man, that stirs up your heart. You, you, think, you begin to think about that. You, maybe you've been on a missions trip, and we have Team Hope who, will, who would love to take you on a missions trip. Uh, and, and that is, you see that. You want to go just minister to kids and people and feed them and love on them and tell them about Jesus, sanctified anger. There's ones who would say, well, Pastor, the, the homeless thing, that, I see people, they're hurting, and, and I see the things that they're walking through, and that, that just gets to my heart. That's sanctified anger. 
We, we have a ministry that you can get involved in that goes once a month and they help feed and minister to homeless people uh, through Team Hope, once again. It's one of our serve teams where you can go and, and that sanctified anger, you can step out and make a difference. Uh, th there's all different types of ways that sanctified anger shows within our life. For me, and as the body of Christ, this needs to be very real within our life, that every one of us need to have a sanctified anger that there are people every single day that are drawing their final breath and stepping into an eternity separated from God. Think of this. Every day there's people in this world that, that step into eternity without Christ. They, they go to hell. And as the body of Christ, if that does not stir up a sanctified anger within us, I'm going to tell you something. Something's wrong. Because we should want people to know the love of Jesus and how he can transform and change their life. It's the very reason that he went to the cross. It's one of the reasons why we're planting this new campus in Watson is so that we can lead more people to Christ. And so I guarantee that across this room you've got loved ones, you know, family members, you've got coworkers, you've got neighbors that don't know Jesus. We need to pray that, that God would stir up inside of us a passion to make a difference, to be able to reflect Christ to them, to be able to, to share the love of Jesus with them. Maybe, just maybe, God would open the door for you to share your story about how God has changed your life. And you never know how that might make a difference within their life. So if there's sinful anger, what do we do with it? We drop it. If there's sanctified anger, the same thing that, that God has within his life, that's one of the things that we want growing because through it we make a difference in this world for Jesus. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you guys. I want to just pray that the Lord would stir this up within our life. But God would also bring us to the place to where he helps us deal with maybe the anger that we're dealing with that, that is going on within our heart and our life that's causing destruction. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for the next few moments. And I want to pray for you. Now, quite honestly... There's some sanctified anger within my heart today. There might be some of you in this room right now that don't know Jesus. Maybe you've, you've, you've got all the things going on where you've got the look of being religious. You, you know, you try to do the right things, but the reality is you don't know Jesus. You've never surrendered your life to him. And today, I want you to know that you can experience his forgiveness. You say, well, well forgive me for what? I'm a good person. Well, get this, that all of us, I don't care who you are, every single one of us are born with the same issue in our life. It's called the sin nature. And the sin nature is that natural bent towards doing things that go contrary to the nature of God. That's why we have the tendency to be selfish. That's why we have the tendency to, to try to cover things up whenever maybe we're on the line. That's that sin nature. And that sin nature, if we die in it, we face an eternity separated from God in hell. And it's the very reason why Jesus came to this earth and went to the cross, so that we can be forgiven. We can be made right in the sight of God. And maybe in this room today you would say, Pastor, I, I've, never, I've never taken that step. I've never accepted Christ as my Savior. Well, I would love to pray with you then to help you take that step. That God could change your life today. There might be others of you in this room who would say, well, Pastor Jay, I, you know, I, I accepted Christ years ago. But my heart over the course of time has kind of gotten distant from God. And today I recognize the need to renew my commitment to the Lord and, and to get my heart right with Him all over again. I want to pray with you as well. 
every eye closed in this room. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you would say, Pastor Jay, I, I want to be a part of that prayer. I love to know who I'm praying for. So today, if you want to say, count me in, I want to be a part of this prayer, raise your hand. Do me a favor. As you raise your hand, open your eyes and just make eye contact with me. Let me, let me meet you eye to eye. I see you right here. Right over here. I see you right here. Right back here. I love it. Is there anyone else? I see you right here. Right here. Back here. I got you all right over here. Man, God is good. I see you right here. Is there anyone else? Don't miss this. I see you right here. Now, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. This is your prayer. The Bible talks about how we pray out of our mouth. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. But the heart, we have to believe in our heart. And so today, open up your heart even further to God. And here's what I want you to do, that God would begin to change you right now to be the person that he wants you to be. Let's pray this together. Church family, you know that like, y'all know how we roll. Let's pray together. I want you to pray this loud enough where you can hear it with your own ears. And I want you to say this. I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. You went to the cross for me because you love me so much. You paid the price for my sins, my guilt, my shame. And today by faith, I receive what you did. I admit to you that I'm a sinner. And today I repent. I turn away from the things of this world. And Jesus, I embrace the life you have for me. I ask for your forgiveness. Through your precious blood, today make me brand new. Come live in my heart. And today I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you for letting me step into your family. In Jesus' name. Every eye still closed, every head still bowed. I want to ask you to just be bold and courageous on this. If you today would say, Pastor Jay, I, I battled or I am currently battling with anger. Raise your hand, let me see it. Is there anybody here? I love it. Father, I thank you for every person who has the courage to raise their hand. To really stand up against anger. And Holy Spirit, today I would pray that you would do the work that you do so well, bringing healing, bringing hope, to help people overcome that emotion. Father, we will not control their life, but Holy Spirit, I pray that you will fill their lives with your presence. And you, Holy Spirit, will direct and lead all of us. Father, I thank you that the tactics, the tricks of the enemy be bound in Jesus' name. And that, Lord, as you lead them and direct them, that they will reflect your nature and your character to people wherever they are. And, Father, I speak your blessings over every person here today, Lord God. I thank you that this word that we hear today, let it change us. Holy Spirit, change all of us to be more and more like God each and every day. That, Lord, we reflect you wherever we are and we make a difference. And, Father, I pray that your sanctified anger would burn in our hearts that we truly would make a difference in this world for you, Jesus. In your name we pray. What's everybody say together? Can we give the Lord a good hand clap today? Man, God is good. Now, before anybody leaves, here's what I want to ask you to do for me today. Uh, there's some of you in this room, you raised your hand, and I want you to take out a Connect card, fill it out, check off the box that says, today I gave my heart to Jesus. 
As this service concludes, you're going to find right here in the front some of our prayer team. I'm going to ask them to go ahead and make their way here to the front. And you can bring that card up to one of them. Uh, You can drop it at the Welcome Center, but man, I'd really rather you bring it up to one of our prayer team. They're going to talk with you about your next steps in your walk with Christ, and they're going to encourage you. And church family, listen to me. If you need prayer for anything, don't leave out of here without getting somebody to pray with you and encourage you. Come and let them pray with you. And uh, I got a surprise for y'all. You may not have realized this, but two weeks ago, uh, the last Sunday of July was National Ice Cream Sunday. Praise the Lord. Okay. We actually did not give out ice cream that Sunday because we knew that we wanted to do it on Life Group Sunday. And so on your way out today, they got free ice cream for everybody. God's good, I'm just telling you. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss y'all. Let's all stand to our feet and go find a Life Group. And don't ever forget this. We don't just go to church. Love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you back here this next week.